The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Just before the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and in the temple he found people selling cattle and sheep and pigeons, and the money changers sitting at their counters there. Making a whip out of some cord, he drove them all out of the temple, cattle and sheep as well, scattered the money changers' coins, knocked their tables over, and said to the pigeon sellers, Take all this out of here, and stop turning my father's house into a market. Then his disciples remembered the words of Scripture, Zeal for your house will devour me. The Jews intervened and said, What sign can you show us to justify what you have done? Jesus answered, Destroy this sanctuary, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews replied, It has taken 46 years to build the sanctuary. Are you going to raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the sanctuary that was his body. And when Jesus rose from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the words he had said. The Gospel of the Lord. So today we celebrate the dedication of the Lateran Basilica, which is the principal basilica of the Catholic Church. It is where uh, it is the principal uh, cathedral of Rome. It is the Pope's seat of authority, is in St. John Lateran and not in St. Peter's, as sometimes people think. And I had the privilege of serving Mass for Pope Benedict there when I was a seminary. It was the feast of Corpus Christi. And so we got to join him in that wonderful Mass of Corpus Christi. And then we walked with him in procession with the Blessed Sacrament all the way from St. John Lateran Basilica. Uh, down all the way up through that road that links the two major basilicas up to St. Mary Majors uh, and then had benediction there. So it's a very beautiful grace, but it's a wonderful and beautiful basilica to visit in Rome if you're ever there. And so we celebrate it as an entire church because of its particular, uh, the particular place of honor that it holds in being that cathedral of the Pope of Rome. And so this idea of temple is something that stems back all the way into our heritage and uh, the God's people in the desert as they receive first and foremost the outline of the sanctuary from Moses as God reveals it to him. But then eventually when they find their kind of resting place, if you will, a temporal resting place in Jerusalem, that's where they first then build the temple based on that same model that was given to them in the desert. And the temple is the particular place of God's dwelling amongst his people. The fact of God's closeness was something which always caused the Jewish people to be completely overawed, if you will. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, they express this when they say, what other great nation is there that has a God so close to it as our God is to us whenever we call upon him? The closeness of God to them was something that particularly overwhelmed them. But as is the trouble with anything that is close, right? 
is that often we can become indifferent to what is close. In the same way that we can also become indifferent to what is holy and sacred. And so this temple that is for the Jewish people at that time, which is a place of God's dwelling in particular, is also a foreshadowing of the coming Christ. The one who we see in the first reading for today, from whose side, when it is pierced, will flow this river of living water that will bring life. The temple that is the body of Christ. And so now as a church, we build our churches around that temple, the temple of Christ's body. The tabernacle, therefore, becomes the beating heart of every Catholic church because of the presence of Jesus Christ who abides there in the new temple of his body, his body, his blood, his soul and divinity present to us. And so the tabernacle becomes that central focal point of all of our churches as we celebrate to an even greater extent the mystery of God's presence to us, his closeness to his people. And what happens here then in the gospel today is this place, this place of great sanctity and holiness, the place that should be dedicated to prayer and silence and the adoration and the praise of, of God has become something that it should not. They have taken what is sacred and they have turned it into personal gain. We've said before that this act of buying and selling sheep and cattle, this is something that came in after they returned from the exile. After now, you have all these Jewish people coming in from so far away that they could not bring the animals with them, and so there had been this selling of sheep and cattle that had developed and has now crept all the way from the outside of the city walls into the very heart of the temple, into the again, the place of the Gentiles in the temple. And so in this court of the Gentiles, they are buying and selling sheep to the point where no one can pray. No one can participate or use the temple for the exact thing which it is made for. And so the Lord is filled with a righteous zeal. A righteous zeal, it says, that he makes a whip out of some cord and he drove them all out of the temple. There is a flash of his authority and power that sends everyone fleeing out of the temple, everyone who is doing what they should not do. His zeal for the temple is not just for the stones. It is for the adoration of God. He has an even more intense zeal for the temple that is our own body and soul. And he does the same thing for us as he did in the temple when he drives out the things that should not be there. That verb, to drive out, in Scripture is always associated with the exorcism of evil, the driving out of what should not be there. And so the Lord, in his intense love for his people, but in his intense love for the Father, he comes in and drives out everything that is interrupting this union with the Father. It says as well that he knocked over the tables and overturned the chairs. I read a very profound commentary yesterday where the commentator was pointing out that in the holy place, in the sanctuary of the temple, there was both a chair 
and a table. The chair was the mercy seat, the mercy seat of God, the place of particular presence behind the veil. But there was also a table, which, and on that table was the bread of the presence. And so in the temple, the table and the chair are reserved for God. And what has happened is in this court of the Gentiles, they've brought in their own tables, their own chairs. And so they blaspheme what is holy, and they set themselves up in places where they should not be set up. They sit in chairs and perform activities that should not be done within the temple. And so also, when we come into God's house, the seat is reserved for him. The table is reserved for him. And lastly, also within our own selves, in the temples of our bodies, and our souls where the Holy Spirit dwells and where God dwells by grace. The table and the chair, if you will, are our mind and heart and should be reserved for God so that he can seat himself in our mind with his truth and that on the altar of our heart he can be loved. And the Lord is zealous to accomplish this. He wants us to be taken up into the praise of the Father and into deep prayer. Let us pray that when the Lord comes to us and visits our temple, most particularly in the moment of Holy Communion, that he will find within us the activity that should be taking place there, the love and praise of the Heavenly Father. Amen.